the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Hello and welcome to another Minnesota Football Show. Uh, we have a lot of different things to talk about this week. Um, this is Bridget. We've got Eric here too. Hello. How's it going? It's going all right. Um, all things considering, with if, for the, those that aren't uh, in the Twin Cities, We've, pre- we've had pretty horrendous air quality for the past, how long has it been now? Almost a week, five days, something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Canadian wildfires, mostly mixed with just being in the city and who knows what, but we were, we were talking uh, before we recorded how, how terrible Thursday was. And uh, I specifically, we, we went out to Lake Nokomis and it was nice in the water. And then uh, I mentioned on the bike ride home, hadn't even gone that far, maybe half a mile. And I was just, deep breaths like I'd been biking for like 15 <laughs> miles or something like that I'm like this isn't right <laughs> now granted I'm I was getting yeah. over a cold a little bit at the same time but nonetheless yeah it it not does right. not matter yeah right. uh worst worst air quality index on record for the state yeah um, yeah I saw that Thursday. correct that Thursday we had worse air than New Delhi India yep yeah but yeah, you know it's been bad um and it's hitting everyone a little bit differently i i was at the pharmacy yesterday for my monthly refills but then um also i had to uh had to do all of the asthma drugs again got my albuterol and nebulizer stuff i haven't used in probably 15 years and wow um, so it just provoked all that yeah and Damn. and the pharmacist was like yeah i think every Basically, every recovering uh, asthmatic in in town has been in for all of these meds. That so sucks. It's yeah, it's hitting everyone. Um, but wow. yeah, hopefully it'll hopefully the wind will shift again. Once it does, we'll just get humid and gross again. So there's going to be no happy <laughs> medium. But um, <laughs> well, on that note, it's, terrible. It's either air nice quality. or nice and smoky, or humid and clear. So uh, yeah. there you go. Any any other news on on your end? Any any other uh, more positive things going down in your in your neck of the woods? There's not a whole lot happening over here. <laughs> not a whole lot. Well, let let's start with this because I mentioned this too before we started. You you are watching a lot of Olympics, and I'm following yeah. your Twitter feed because. You're, you're, you're putting out all the good stuff. You're, you're, you are the uh, Minnesota Olympic correspondent, at least for me. I, I greatly appreciate it. I think, I'm, I think I'm getting more from you than NBC. So take that, NBC. <laughs> um, well, what are some of the things, maybe, uh, I don't know, a handful of highlights that you've enjoyed or some narratives that you enjoyed? Um, you could probably start with the most mm-hmm. obvious one, but I'll, I'll let you take it. Yeah. Um, yeah, There's there's been a lot this year. I... Every summer I'm watching swimming anytime it's on. Um, so the Olympics, I'm usually watching all of those. And that's been one event that we've been able to watch live. Uh, their finals are almost always in prime time. Um, 
and there's i mean there's a whole lot of new things and like equity things that we could talk about um in terms of gender and race um everything uh so there's but it, it it's still kind of a one step forward two steps back thing which i mentioned on twitter with someone this morning um because we still have the the old vocabulary uh which is not going to go away uh in swimming now there's a mixed medley so men and women are both swimming against each other Interesting. Uh, I know that. So, yeah, that's new. They've done it at like world championships and other meets, but it's never been in the Olympics before. Um, that was fun to watch because you're seeing people race against other swimmers that they otherwise would never come up against. Um, the U.S. did not win or place. I think we were in fifth, uh, but it was still really fun to watch. Um, but then, of course, you have the the conversation surrounding it, like, well, we have two men and two females here, and uh, you would think you put the female first so they're not dealing with the choppy water and uh, just all this ridiculous stuff. But that's, I mean, that's something that'll change eventually now that it's sitting there in prime time. Like like uh, the ladies can't swim in, in hard water, basically. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Wow. Don't don't put a woman in this lane between two men who are racing. She won't be able to, to get through the splash. But uh, yeah, so Yikes. that was that was kind of a disappointment after a really solid week of like women dominating in the pool. Right. Um, wow. Two of the bigger stories across the games would probably be uh, Simone Biles in gymnastics and Simone Manuel in the pool. Um she Simone Manuel, also known as Swimone, um, only qualified for one race and she didn't make it to the final. So she she got a semifinal heat in and that was it. Um, but she's one of one of the first uh, black women swimming in the Olympics uh, for the US. Um, so she's she's really cool to follow. Um, yeah, there I mean there's been a whole lot of storylines from the race perspective, from LGBTQ perspective, uh, the Russian perspective, which <laughs> covers all of that ground and more. So, mm -hmm. uh, do you want to mention the the big local uh, splash? Or, was, uh, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So we've got um, Suni Lee from from St. Paul took gold in all around gymnastics. Um, she would have been competing against Simone Biles, who was just expected to get gold. Um, but instead with Simone out, um, SUNY, I watched most of that, uh, most of the rotations and she was dominant in all of them. Um, so really exciting for the Twin Cities, really exciting for the Hmong community. Uh, we do have a very large Hmong community here in St. Paul. Um, and that's you don't typically see them in like state headlines let alone national and like world sporting headlines yeah we've of course talked about um michael vang yeah he's uh he's gonna come yeah. up in the notes in a little bit here or not, oh, not yeah. michael yeah yeah yes yeah yeah i got him in here yeah well 
so Michael Vang was City, and then Lionel the guy, Vang thank you. from Madison. Or Madison, correct. Um, so Lionel's the the first uh, in pro soccer. Right. So um, yeah, that's that's steadily gaining some recognition uh, and seeing the cameras go into that community and into those spaces and, and showing uh, how the community came together to really help get SUNY there. There is a um, really awesome. I, I can't think of her name right now. It's escaping me, but she's a, she's a Hmong journalist in St. Paul there. And I think now she's at a bigger outlet. I don't know if it's NPR or um, Pioneer Press or something like that, but like four years ago, she was writing for like a small Hmong journal. Yeah. And 2016, 2017, like she, she wrote this article about like, you guys need to watch this young lady. <laughs> there, there's something very special here. And this was again, like four years ago. Yeah. She's like, yeah, it's going to drop this one back in here. <laughs> so pretty badass that she saw it right away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gia Vey from Carol Levin did a story and she was, she was there uh, with the watch party to cover it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she put out a story on, on Carrie Levin's website about um, how she, it kind of sh- shifted perspectives for her because she mm-hmm. she went there as a journalist to cover this this watch party for a local gymnast. Mm-hmm. Um, but as they were watching and as things were progressing and it looked like she was going to win, she went from journalist to Hmong community member, yep. uh, child of Be- refugees. Became a whole cultural um, event. Yep, yep. That's, that's beautiful. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, that's nice. It gave me the feels. Gave me the feels. <laughs> um, one of the ones that I that I kind of picked up, I don't practice judo, but I guess judo adjacent uh, art. So what, what was kind of cool, and, and this is definitely the first time this has happened in judo, and I think maybe the first time in the history of the Olympics, you had two siblings get gold medals on the same day for judo, the obvious. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make sure I got the, the last name right. They're obvious. Um, the sister Uta was 52 kilogram division and then her brother Hifumi 66 kilogram in the men's and, and it was almost back to back. So they, they did, oh. depending on who, who's on what mat, you know, sometimes they have the, you know, women on one side, men on the other, whatever. So the sister wins, doesn't even shower. Like, you know, she just kind of gets off the mat and her brother's yeah. on and then her brother goes and I, I mean, what a moment, like oh, just, man. for the family, just to boom, 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 knock two golds out in like an hour. It was pretty, <laughs> awesome. it was pretty incredible. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. And, and for it to like, you know, the whole coming back to Japan kind of thing too, is also like yeah. within the narrative. So I thought that was pretty, pretty special, but anyway, maybe we can transition. We'll, we'll talk about a little football, but thank you for, for that update. I'm, I appreciate you. And, uh, how how into it you are! I, w- I wish I had the time and the uh, and the connections to actually watch all of them. <laughs> it's so hard sometimes because it's like it is. there's there's go- so much of it, and there's with so it much. being in a different time zone, yep. you're constantly like dealing with those shifting. That's right. um, like there are some events that I've watched twice now because they keep replaying them, and then there's yep. all these events that I haven't been able to find or watch. Or um, so it's been tough to follow, but. Thankfully, uh, most of my favorites are right there in the in the primetime slot. So I I come home from work, have dinner, and then settle in on the couch and watch watch people. Well, like swim I said and... at, the, at the start, you're doing a hell of a job. So I commend you on that because <laughs> because I know I am not. So good good on you for <laughs> for taking it on. Um, 
let's transition to some Minneapolis City. We can talk about the other Vang that we, we mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, they had their the conference final against Cleveland on Sunday. I actually went to this match. Um, in retrospect, I'm not sure it was a good idea because I was still recovering from a cold <laughs> and probably a little contagious. But I, I did wear a mask and I did. The nice thing about those matches, you know, it's pretty easy to socially distance. It's not exactly yeah. like Allianz where you're going to be like sardined in Have there. To, like, yeah. Exactly. I, I was able to like stay far away from the, uh, I, w- I wasn't even in the supporter section. I was just kind of off on the fence, like in my own little zone, <laughs> hacking up like nasty loogies. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't pretty, but I was, I was far from everybody, far from everybody. Um, it didn't go so well for our, for our awesome crows. Um, they ended up losing two nil. It was still a very entertaining match. And um, one of my first highlights here is 10th minute, Michael Vance, Michael, Michael Vank smoking fools. Woo is what I wrote. And this basically <laughs> happened right in front of me. Um, he just does what he does. You know, he's got, yeah. he's got moves. And when he puts them on, especially like, you know, eight feet in front of me, he did the, he did the step over sw- switch from left to right and off the side foot of the right foot, just Meg, the defender that was on him. <laughs> it's like, come on. FIFA cheat move right in front of yes. me. I was like, and I didn't, I didn't even have my camera ready or I would have like, you know, that video would have been spectacular. It was there, was a, there was a lot of that in this game. I, I was watching the live feed um, and I tuned in shortly after that, I think, uh, but I saw the replay, but there were, there were so many of those like really good moments uh, in this game, even, even though the chances didn't come off and they weren't able to score uh there are just so many bright spots for him and and it's a reminder of why they're fun to watch it's not just Absolutely. because they've they're they were undefeated for um up to the up to what was yeah, it a couple, couple games like, ago yeah um but they're just really fun to watch because of those aspects and totally and guys Absolutely. like michael Bay. yeah um I have a couple repetitive notes here about how stout the Cleveland defense was. And I mean, that, yeah. that was kind of the theme of the evening. I, I was actually, yeah. I, what's the word? Um, I don't want to say pleasantly because they're the opposition, but I was surprised at how quickly they would get organized and they would wall up. And there was just, you could, you could tell the frustration with Minneapolis city midfield and yeah. the attack because they just could they not find space. To everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And, and on that uh, 20 minutes, um, they got their first goal there. I'll be honest. I actually missed it because I was having a bit of a coughing situation. <laughs> <laughs> so I was turned and coughing and they scored, which is classic. It, yep. this, this goes back to the uh, the Nessie days where Eric go to the bathroom. <laughs> so Minnesota scores. <laughs> At least this time it was an opposition goal and not a home yeah, goal. True, true. Um, so I can't sp- speak too much. Do you remember the first goal, Bridget? Not much, no. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was going to come. They were they were knocking at the door those twenty minutes. So, yeah. um, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't like a big mistake on the crows' end. I think they had um, someone kind of lost their mark, but uh, they were playing the more zonal. Um, yeah, yeah it was, I mean, it was a solid goal Yep. and yep. it happens. Um, so while they had that good luck, one thing to mention too, is, um, city was just destroying the crossbar, but could not get yeah. the ball in the net. 
uh, six minute crossbar. There was another one that I didn't even put in here. The 29th minute is the one that was most interesting to me that I did see. Now we don't have VAR at this level, unfortunately, but it hits the crossbar and it's one of those that kind of hits the line and bounces back mm -hmm. up. And I'll, I'll, I'll turn to you because maybe you saw it better on the TV, but even from a distance, because I was on the uh, I was on the opposing goal side, but even from a distance, it looked like that thing cleared the goal line when it went yeah. up the other direction. Yeah, Go ahead. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, just watching from the side, it looked like it was definitely in. Uh, I mean, I can I can see where the official being on the pitch maybe just didn't have a great angle on it. And yeah assumed that it didn't quite make it. Um, but with the advantage of, I mean, it wasn't goal line cam, but right. uh, their camera is a little bit past half field. So you had a decent angle on it. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it was in, and they've watched a few replays from other people's cameras and, and everyone is saying it was in. It's, um, a, it's a tough break. I, I talked to somebody at halftime. Yeah. Was because I mean it it's a different game the wind out of them. yeah it, it, exactly that's what I was going to say like we we go to halftime one nil Cleveland if it were one one at halftime it's, it's totally a whole story game. yeah exactly yeah. exactly um so then we start off again uh one nil Cleveland um gets chippy as as would be expected <laughs> I, I clocked two yellows in two minutes <laughs> yeah it's uh, Cleveland. it turned quickly there yep yep 60 60 seconds um, and then the 68th, boy, this one was just, I don't remember who got beat, but they put some cheddar on that shot and Elder uh -huh. just did not have a chance. It was a powerful, powerful shot. What are you going to do? If, that was too bad. When Elder misses, um, it's a really good shot. That's right. <laughs> yep. So that, that's two nil right there. Um, there's your final, the one other thing I put in here, this happened also not too far away from me. There was a uh, a header collision, and and everybody to their credit seems like they were okay. Like at first, it was it was scary because it was so loud, like right in front yeah. of me. I mean, you you heard that thunk of the two heads together, and and did you just hear the crowd go ooh? <laughs> but everybody got up, and you know, I don't exactly know what how concussion protocol if it's any different than like uh, the MLS or whatever. But um, I think the city guy got up fast. The Cleveland guy took a little bit longer, and they. You know, took a couple minutes, took their time, got some water, whatever, and everybody seemed like they were okay. But holy crap, it sounded bad. Yeah, I, th I think it is a similar protocol. Um, they come off and check them over. Uh, yeah. They always have a, a deck there, so. Right. Um, yeah, that one was even on the broadcast. The guys just it it was harder to see from that camera angle, but you can definitely tell that. Like it was, it was bad, and everyone yeah. kind of you heard it, right? Like you heard it on the podcast. Yeah, 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 it's like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, well, there's your final. So, congrats to Cleveland. They they get the Midwest Championship. So now they go to the, I believe it's the league semifinal, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. So that that'll keep rolling, and and you know Minneapolis City. Didn't get as far as we, we, we would have hoped, but they still had an absolutely amazing season. We still love and support them all the way. Um, future's bright. Yeah. I guess that's all congrats I have to, say. to those guys. Congrats to the coaching staff who really gutted it out this year as well. Definitely. Um, Thank you. We should mention today is head coach Matt Van Schoten's birthday. 
Hey, so, parabéns. Happy cara. birthday, parabéns. man. Um, we'll make it your birthday week since you'll hear this a little bit later. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a fun season to watch. Um, obviously, having them go out like this kind of sucks. Uh, but they did really well. They they charged up that atmosphere again for lower league soccer, and yeah, they've got bigger and better things to come. Speaking of charging up the atmosphere, I mean, you're talking about almost, I think at one point it was 9,000 fans Not for... 900, yeah. Oh, sorry. Crop is zero. <laughs> <laughs> As the family would say, I tend to exaggerate. Thank you. 900. <laughs> 900. But still, you're, you're still <laughs> clapping in the background. <laughs> right on cue. Right on cue. <laughs> Nonetheless, that that's still really good. That's for massive. Our, yeah. What is that yeah. fourth? I, I can't remember. There's fifth, sixth division, fourth, somewhere around there. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I, I always forget. Lower, lower tiers are, are more difficult. Um, and I didn't put it in the notes, but I believe City Two also lost. Is that correct? Also lost two zero. There you go. Uh, to was it Rochester, New York? But they were playing in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Correct. Too bad, too bad. But again, a stellar run. Also, yeah, also a massive I'm, season for them. For their first year, too. I mean, to, to yeah. accomplish all they did in that first year, pretty badass. Yep. And we didn't even mention what the futures are doing. So we, we, we could turn it into a full episode of just praising the organization. <laughs> but congrats to them. Unfortunately, we didn't get it all the way. But uh, more to come, and we will certainly cover them on the program. Hey, Rodrigo. Todo bien? Yeah, everything's good. Just uh, just here, arriving late, and um, you know, doing everything Colombian style. So, <laughs> or Brazilian, or Peruvian, or whatever. Take your pick. <clears throat> or, or Peruvians on time. I guess I shouldn't generalize. No, you're either late or you're early, right? And it's either one of those. Right? <laughs> but you're never on time. All Brazilians are never early. Never early. Never. This has been quite a good. I've seen good uh, Brazilian performances in the Olympics, so that's kind of been interesting. Yeah. So. yeah. How about the the thirteen year old skateboarder? I mean, she's hey, a oh phenom, man. Hey, I a followed I followed her on Instagram like as soon as bef- like a year and a half ago because I was like, what is this kid doing? I was like, wow. And then yeah. next thing you know, get some medal. Yeah, that's like that's when Tony so Hawk awesome. kind of discovered her and was like, whoa, uh, we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool pretty yeah. cool seeing i mean just seeing tony hawk at at the olympics like hanging out it's kind of surreal right such a yes it's so bizarre it's like and that I, weird uncle or it likes to hang around everything you do <laughs> he's like six times your age but he hangs out with 13 year olds yep. so like yeah, yeah. and yeah. he he brought his board and he dropped in to, right. to skate he's like i know i'm not competing but man skating at the olympics is cool and he dropped in and he did a couple tricks and he got yep. out and he's yep. like man yeah. Not only that, but there was also like a Peruvian skater. Uh, I think it's Angelo. I think his name is. Uh, and he yeah. like everyone knew about him because he's the one that like tried to do a trick, and then he and then his groin landed right on uh right on the <laughs> oh, metal piping. I pipe did in. see that. I did see that. Of course. Someone sent that to me, and they were like, they were like, I'm so sorry for your country. And I was like, What do you mean? I was like, Oh, I was like, Wait, but he got back up. And he's he, fine. And he fell on board. And he he ended up getting fourth place. But like, hey, that's yeah. not bad. That's like. And he got to meet Tony Hawk too. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. a debut of a skateboarding event of any kind is not complete without some 
somebody hitting a rail in a sensitive area. So just made highlight. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's a really good article. I, I I don't think I put it out on the on the on the on the podcast page, but I put it out on my personal. But Zyron, Zyron put out, but I think um, Boykoff actually wrote about the um, kind of what happens with the. When the, when the IOC is trying to grab a hold of, of of these more alternative sports to like get the youth and everything else, and it's it's, it's really interesting and brought up some. I, don't, I mean, it's it's not great points as you can probably imagine because it's the IOC, but there's some there's there's some interesting stuff in there too. And um, I I don't want to get too far off to a tangent, but uh, Dave and I started talking about uh, about jujitsu because there's been this big push now for about a decade to try and make BJJ right. an Olympic event. And it's hard on a lot of different levels because, I mean, if, if you're in one of these millionaire Swiss IOC guys, like they see judo and they see wrestling and they're like, we already have kind of the two elements of just putting it together that would make BJJ, which and, and I'm, for, for anybody that's listening that trains, yes, I understand it's not the same. But if you're a millionaire guy that just looks at the money and the <laughs> fact that you have these two events, that's where your logic right, is going to go. I mean, they just yeah. recently debuted mixed uh, medleys right yeah and the swimming yep. so i mean like they're getting closer to be able to i think the the door is opening in a sense to what they're willing to listen to well i think if there's if there's is there's money involved with it but there's also like clout i think they'll do that mm-hmm. Here, here's my argument though is that they already have uh jujitsu already has a federation and <laughs> surprise surprise it's not great <laughs> similar to fifa or the ioc and everybody I mean, else most of most of them are not fantastic right you could say the same about u.s skateboarding and u.s ski so yep <laughs> well and, and and that's so to that point um what we were kind of talking about with dave and i, I was like you know ILC is probably trying to like get their cut and figure out how they can finagle their, their mm-hmm. angle that they normally would. And they're just like, I don't think we can do anything here because the IBJJF is already doing what we would do. So guess what? You're not going to be an event. <laughs> no sports politics. Yep. That's great. No, it's, I think it's really fun to see, you know, we mostly see all these sports that are like front and center, the rest, the rest of the year and the other three years in between in between olympic uh cycles um but to see like the transition now um these getting younger people involved in sports that are everywhere i think it's been especially with skateboarding it's been interesting to see um the different mindset between like the 13 year old skaters who are making the podium and even like 20 plus and 30 plus year olds, like Nigel Houston, who didn't make it. Um, he's the American skater, top ranked, I believe. Um, he was expected to take gold and he didn't. Um, and he was just like, man, I, this is an experience we've all kind of talked about and we all wanted it to experience. Um, it's cool just to be here. <laughs> uh, my mom was asking about Tony Hawk the other day saying like is he trying to get his 10 minutes of fame again years after you know Tony Hawk pro skater and he's retired and he just you know puts out videos of him doing his his big tricks one last time before he retires completely Um, but they find these recognizable faces to kind of pass it off to that next generation now everyone knows who these 13 year olds are 
and that's going to be your next like your next globally recognized um, right, right. face of the, the sport who was that that famous snowboarder like had orange uh, had like a red it was a redhead sean white yeah exactly yeah. like sean white started young right yeah. and then became literally like almost a brand in a sense in, over the olympics and so like yeah it's 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 kind of like a similar he's, aspect he's kind so. of passed it off to chloe kim who i think yep. uh i think she qualified at 15 for yeah. Around uh, that, the games in so. korea so um yeah there's like a huge there's kind of this in-between generation that like you know people don't really know about because uh, the the pioneers of the sport kind of get things going and then you know you get someone uh further down who gets right. really into it and then becomes like the next famous name but right and then you also um, have like swimmers who are like 15 years old yeah. winning gold medals and you're like holy <laughs> i remember what i was doing at swimming, 15 and i was definitely next not to, in a pool yeah swimming next to 25 year olds who right. were themselves swimming at 15 next to a 25 year old it's like three cycles yeah ago. I, we watched the the medley thing it, yeah. it was it was strange because Very. like because it's like this it's not like a you haven't seen one and and b like they it's it's organized of what you're going to like they tell you which which style you're going to swim and you determine what order you want to go to and so like yeah. if if people haven't swum these before together as a group it's like a whole it's at the king team comes she goes out the window right and, and watching, and watching US, it is yeah, weird too because weird. you have like the pacing is different everyone is swimming the same strokes and doing the same race but in each lane you see someone doing something completely different so it's hard to it's hard to tell like who's going to come out ahead um and i mean rowdy Gaines doing the commentary was like sitting down like doing math on each of the split times and being like okay well kill dressels the the anchor but you know he can't make up eight seconds he can make up this much time and whatever and it, it was just like bizarre to follow normally you can you can right like watch a swimmer and see if they're going see if they have the momentum to catch up to the next person but with this one it was like yeah as soon as the second let's see who hits the wall <laughs> as soon, yeah as soon as the second style came on you knew it was over like yeah there's no way that you're gonna make up that much time and it was just strange because yeah, i've so never weird. seen a medley like that and i was like i was like it's new and i wonder how much longer this is actually going to stay on there because well they've they've been doing it for a while and like the world championships and pan ams and um so it's it's done on like international stage but it's yeah it's never for like huge stakes like this or the team of american swimmers who have all been swimming at the club together next to each other um so yeah, it's it's bizarre to watch, and I'm not sure uh, how long it might stick around. I think it depends on who ends up coming out ahead in these. Um, you know, if certain countries are, you know, continuously winning gold. We might see yeah. more of it or less of it, depending yeah. on who it is. In our household, we've been watching swimming, gymnastics, soccer, and volleyball actually. So Issa's Issa's big into volleyball, and so like I think she stayed up late to watch japan team play poland and that was a oh, yeah. that was a that was really interesting because she knows all the terminology because she she, <laughs> she what she does what what typical teenagers at this age group does is like she's she watches uh 
a sports anime. And so they have a volleyball, oh, yeah. volleyball sports anime that she's been following forever. So like, so like she knows everything and she like, so it's like, oh, so like watching her be in her own element, watching it and being like commentating. I was like, this is really interesting, but I'm like, but it's yeah. also one thirty in the morning. I'm going to bed. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's bring it back. This, this is our second Olympic conversation now for <laughs> Rodrigo derailing completely. We already, we started with this, but here we did it again. Let's do two Minnesota United matches quickly here. We can take a break. I don't want to spend too much time on the one that already happened a while ago. Um, but let's do Minnesota uh, at Portland. No, this one was here. Sorry. Minnesota home versus the Timbers. Yes, because the, the, the big stat here that is kind of amazing is the Timbers are defeated at Allianz Field, which is kind of amazing. Like it, it feels weird just to say that. But that that's the case. Uh, two to one is the is your final score. Um, we can talk briefly. Hansen gets the start here. We learned that uh, Fragapane is injured, which is also kind of convenient because of everything that happened the last time these two teams played. So I don't know if we want to read into that or not, but the fact that he wasn't around was probably a good thing. We can a little bit um, just because of more recent uh, developments. So we're we're told um, that he'll be out for like four or five weeks. so he's out of that match, doesn't dress. However, he did travel with them this week to LA. Um, and I mean, Boxy traveled too, like to continue working with the trainers. So it's it's not like really bizarre that a guy who's going to be out for five weeks would travel with the trainers to continue treatment and rehab. Um but also the way they've talked about it. Yeah, like he's he's probably not going to be ready for Saturday. Well, you already said he's going to be out for five weeks. So it's it is a little bit um yeah, we can we can read all sorts of things into that. Situation. It was a well-timed injury. <laughs> <laughs> well, um and, and ahead, for Brody. Portland, it just it, it just adds on to it's it was a start of already bad batch, anyways. So because yeah. recently they they got blanketed by the Galaxy four one, so it's, it's yeah. They were they were struggling. So yep. well, let's so. let's cruise through this one. So early right away, um, what do I got in here? Got got some tight defense, good cleanups. I put in. I'll just go to the tenth minute. Um, Mora from Portland, amazing goal, even more amazing cross from Asprilla. I mean, he beats Metinair. He beats uh, who else is over there with him that gets that gets smoked. Um, I don't remember, but man, what a cross, just an absolutely beautiful cross. And, and homies there, and is just there by himself to like, just destroy that thing. Powerful, powerful header. And there is nothing Miller can do. So here we go down early. We've, we've seen this movie before friends. Well, I, yeah. The, the thing is too, is that we started, we, every game we started the first half is like, we, we try to create opportunities. We try to pressure we try to play but the opportunities that we create are never dangerous enough and it was obvious that portland was going to um you know we're going to step back we're going to take the pressure and then we're going to counter and that's exactly how this goal happened right this is an encounter in which you know i don't i don't think highly of Espria, but he was able to get off a good cross long enough to be able to beat uh the bossy um uh, That's and, who it was, Debassi and Metinier, right? They yeah, it was Deba- it be both of them, and have Mora put a, a great header on, uh, you know, and and that's the thing, you know, that um, it is, 
it is the type of strategy that they were that Portland was doing because you know if you want your best players and Valeri should have been on the field but Valeri comes in on the second half specifically when he's needed to to stretch the field and 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 to take time right I mean but but at that point we looked decent right we were yeah. doing things that were creating chances but our problems always finishing and I think for me I think Chase when he works with Nico I don't see a lot of communication between the two So then it becomes uh, uh, a situation and we're like, who, who's going to take up space where, right? And Nico's tendency is always to push forward and maybe pass, but Nico's not known for scoring goals. So that to that point, um, and this is a great theme. Uh, I have so many Hanson push. I have uh, lewd wide, lewd wide, Hanson again, dangerous, lewd wide. Canoe swapping, lewd wide. I mean, I'll ask you, Bridget. I think you've got the number there. How many attempts? I mean, it was a ridiculous statistic. Of, I mean, on one hand, you're you know you're thinking, great, it's good that we're getting these shots off. But then at the other hand, it's like, how can none of these actually go in? There were so many shots. Uh, twenty six shots wow. and three or four on goal. Wow. Three. Whew. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when one of them who is making all those shots is your leading scorer for the season. <laughs> Lude has, he, well, now that made four goals for him on the season, um, which is double what anyone else has. I think there's a few guys with two. Yeah. yeah. Lude is our golden boot winner apparently right now. So. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, you you talked about Nico not being the guy who's going to score, but he is he is definitely the one who's going to go ver- vertical and create those yes, chances. He is the engine. I, I have that yep, so many yep. times, he, all the way down and then cross, and nobody's yep. there. It reminds me of me, Miggy. Yeah. Miguel oh yeah. Just well just the all the outright sprint down the field. He'll he'll do his own defense if he needs to, but then he'll sprint up there and get a ball in. And it just goes, wee, one end yep. of the other, out of bounds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, there's that. So there's your halftime. We're down. Um, you know, initially, okay, so they do the Finley Hansen swap. Initially, I'm like, no, don't take out our, our engine, our, our, our superpower guy there. But it, it's a like for like thing. It's yeah. fine. It, it, and it actually seems to kind of work. So it, uh, it makes things up enough. I don't think anyone has seen a whole lot of Finley this season um particularly with that particular how did i just use that word twice um <laughs> i don't know where i'm going with this um, my influence <laughs> this, this is you're hanging out with me too much <laughs> words are words are hard um but i mean people have had less time to prepare for a guy like finley and how he's right. going to play with uh this particular attacking setup that we've been using for the last what four or six weeks um everyone knows nico's mo is pretty straightforward each game you know back and forth vertical cross uh finley's known to get in there a little bit more um and be a little bit more like wood uh with maybe slightly less uh well no more a little bit more aggressive in terms of midfield play but um i think it was good to mix it up it is a like for like in terms of um positioning it but it's enough to kind of keep them guessing 
Right. And, and, and so he's, Ludwig he goes was kind of left nine. alone because, yeah. 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 yeah and, Ludwig, then, and then Ludwig go goes to the nine, and then Anu goes kind of like a wing position. And I, and I, and I think. I think I, I like it every time Lude gets to the nine, he is able to open up space and create space for himself, which unfortunately Uno is still working back to be able to do that. But Uno can make runs and we've seen him make runs. We've seen the bossy get him the ball, um, the through balls in pre previous games. We can do that. I'm, I'm just waiting for Ray to make that connection and start making those passes more frequently. Thank you for mentioning that name. Um, Reynoso kind of had a crappy game. He was getting beat up. He was getting frustrated. Um, hold that thought because, of course, he does something phenomenal at the very end. But up until this point, pretty quiet. They, they had his number, and he was getting flustered. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of over it by, like, the 10th minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, and I'm, you could I'm see surprised them. that it – yeah, I'm, I'm surprised there weren't um, a few more – yellow cards in that game <laughs> uh, stem from all of that. Right. Um, I mean, but when you don't have the exit that you want or the support that you want from, from the left yeah, side that you have with yeah. Fregapani, it makes it easier for, for a defense to be like, we're just going to, we're just going to press. Is that as soon as he gets exactly. the ball, we're going to send two to two, another person. And then either he's going to get past to us or not. And he was being dispossessed a lot in our side of the field or, and I think that's one of the things that he needs to be more mindful of is that if he's not going to have someone to pass to, then, you know, get rid of the ball quickly. Like the best way yeah. of doing that, get rid of the ball quickly. Or in what we've been saying for a while is get dots in the ball. He'll push it forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you're not, you're not going to find the guy in the box. So stop looking for the guy in the box. You've got, you know, six guys in the midfield ready to go. Yep. yep. Um, Agudelun for Hunu eventually. So Lutz slides over again. And I think all these little shifts kind of actually started to mess with, with Portland a little bit because all of a sudden things kind of start to happen. Did, um, did Lutz Rodrigo... actually shift? I don't, I, don't, I don't think he shifted. I think Agudelo just went. Agudelo took took the wing? Yeah, he took the wing. Okay, Lutz stayed as a nine. Yeah, At they, least it looked I mean, like when he was of... in his... They're, they're I, I think that was the plan. Right? Yeah, they Lutz, I mean, you can make him the nine, you can make him the ten, you can make him the winger. He's not going to stay right. there. He, he floats around. They were they kind of swapped in there a bit. Right. Take us to the 74th year. I don't know who wants it. Rodrigo, I'll give it to you. Pedro Gasper. Go for it. Well, you know, Chase as of, had a horrible start to this season. And once we got someone like Fregapane or someone else that's, that's, that's willing to take up space there and, and be creative – I feel he he's lost the pressure of to create so so much and be part of going forward so much, uh, which has been good for him. He's 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 been decent soundly, and that's what we expect him to do is just decent decently do those type of things. Uh, but there, this is a was this off a set piece, I believe, right? It was a is a corner, I think. It was set piece. Yes. And yep. then um, the ball is cleared, and Dotson gets a hold of it outside of the box. And he quickly redirects the ball, which, of course, like coaches always say that if you get a chance to redirect the ball quickly, do it because everyone's body is moving one way. And when you send the ball in, you move the other way and, and it creates opportunities and chances and, and space. And in that one, uh, in that redirection, Chase Gasper happened to get the inside of, of, of the defender and had a beautiful ball in for, for a goal. So. Mm -hmm. That dude out jumped a guy that was like five 
inches taller than him too. <laughs> well, I think I didn't know he could jump that high. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, Gasper's like six feet. I think the center back he beat was like six two. So yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I thought it was yeah. like six four or something like that. He was a tall dude. Anyway, it was it was cool to see him get it was, some ups. It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was great to see him to score. Look, here's the thing that that I love celebrating the most. First, center back goals, right? When mm-hmm. our center back scores, love celebrating those. But also, short people that score on headers are like my <laughs> yes. favorite thing. Like literally, that's like that's like celebrating like in the American football when the linesman picks up a ball and runs it all the yep. way to the end zone. Yeah, I, I love watching those type of things because it's just, you know, you don't see them that often We've and it seen, just means that someone screwed up really royally and someone took advantage. We've had, I think that makes all of our fullbacks goal scorers this season. Coleman has had one. I think Boxy had one this year. Yep. He usually gets one or two a season. Um, Metinari usually gets in there as well. The Boxy has a score, though. Yeah, he has. He had a header. He did? He had a header? Oh, okay. Yeah, That's he right. did yeah, have yeah, a header, he did, too. He did, he did. You're right. You're right. Well, there you go. It's time, it's time for Miller to score one. <laughs> Pull the goalie. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if the rules were little, like he could punch little the Allison, ball. Little Allison all the way up? No, no. You've noticed that, you know. that he uh, the height Ty- for it. Tyler Miller, more than likely, when he's in a pressure situation, he will punch the ball more than try to grab it. He Well, and we can talk about uh, he – he did a nice long ball against LA in the like 10 minutes of that game that I watched. Um, one of these days he's going to chip another keeper. Hopefully. That'd be awesome. He'd be perfect um, at goalie wars. So we yes. got one, one Let, let's just jump to this. Cause I want to wrap this thing up. Uh, 84th Lud after, I don't know, 500 shots finally gets the one that goes in. <laughs> but honestly, this the story of this goal is Reynoso's past because I don't even know how to describe it except to say it was a work of art. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the vision that he saw, the Lude's movement to basically get in between the, the center backs and have this perfect pass to basically split them and essentially landed right at his foot. I mean, yeah. he has that great little inside stop, one bounce, boom, keeps it low, puts it in. But, I mean, that ball, you, you couldn't dream of a better ball. It was, it was beautiful. It was perfect. Well, there, there's several things that happened through this whole sequence. And one other thing is that Reynoso, they were feeding, they were feeding Dotson the ball more. And Dotson was distributing the ball to the wing, to whoever was more open, but he was doing it quickly and pushing the ball forward. Now I talked earlier about like, it, when that pressure is taken away from Reynoso, he has to space and move to be able to create and see things. And Agudelo also made a run that took one of the center backs away. So there's a lot of things that, as much as there's a beautiful pass, I think it's mostly like a team goal thing. It's like with Agudelo not making that run, it doesn't open up that much of a space. And then yeah, that's fair. And then with Dotson becoming sort of a center pole distributing the ball, he be, he takes away pressure away from Ray and Ray is able to be able to see that and make those right. type of passes. Type of passes that we haven't really seen since Molina was here, that Molina's been known for, to be able to do those through balls or those small lobs over trying to split the center backs. And I think that, when I saw that, it was one of those things where I was like, this is what I want to see more of. Totally. Like, I, I understand he can ticky tack up pass, nutmeg people passes all, all his life, but can he split a defense? Mm-hmm. Especially for a running Anu who's who's known and showed us he can run diagonally into open space. If you put the, if you're able to do that, then 
I think that's that that's where his creativity goes in full. And Reynoso has not the, has had the greatest season that he had last year. He's warming up. He's getting he's getting ready. And and this is just a, another step forward. To hopefully, will be a, a great second half of the season and playoffs. Well said. Um, I just the last thing, Greg wish Aguadelo time killing. I, I I appreciated that. Just working some dark arts. Um, thank you for mentioning Agu, Agudelo because you know he he was he was um, contributing definitely quietly sometimes, but he's doing his thing. He's making making those lanes appear and pulling people like you said. So there you go. Well, the best thing about Agudelo besides that was when they were uh, wasting time right on the corner. Yeah, oh, and classic. he just. <laughs> and he's just he's just there because I was there. It was, it was on my corner. Valeri's getting him, so pissed. And Valeri's like trying to jump and climb him. And every time yep. he does that, blows the whistle. And then the, it and, was four or five guys. And Juan's just looking at him like, okay, let's do it again. <laughs> let's do Here. it again. <laughs> <laughs> let's go do it again. And then like there's a point where like several people and where I was sitting started yelling, hey, you need a bigger guy out there. That's not going to work. <laughs> Knowing that he could uh, kill the time just like that. Now I know who I want to work. Like I want someone in the corner to just just throw a Godello there. He's not gonna he's yeah. no one's gonna take him down. Yeah. Uh we haven't we haven't had a guy like that. Uh I think Pablo Campos was the last loon I saw to do anything like that in the corner. Conca coffee so skills. You'll love yep. to see it. Um, there you go, two to one. Like I said, Timbers remain defeated at Allianz Field, uh, Allianz Field, which is a pretty incredible stat. Um, and some much needed points um, to, to, to think that we got six from two Cascadias in a row. I mean, I, I couldn't have called that two or three months ago. So not no. bad. Um, let's burn through some of these. I don't know if there's anything really that stands out here. Uh, Dallas had a huge win against the Galaxy 4-0. It was the Pepe show. He had a hat trick just on fire, that kid. Um, who knows if he's going to be staying around very much longer. Yeah. Um, well, they, they signed him. They signed yeah. Pepe to an extension. So. Yeah, He's like gonna be around. The, the one that's on the hot seat is is my uh, uh, uh my adopted step my stepdad is on the hot seat. <laughs> you think so, so? I I think so. I mean, well, they're they keep not, winning like that. Well, yeah, but it's it's not consistent enough, right? I mean, yeah, they, Dallas has been, you know, Dallas is great in the academy and all the other stuff, but you know, the great players that they do have, they sell. <laughs> so. That's so, and and they've won just enough to like keep him off of the really hot seat. Like as soon as it gets really bad, they they win and then start to clean it up a little so, bit. So 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 yeah. So rumors are are starting, and you know uh, that uh, that my my stepdad might might be having to look for a new job next season. So well, you can come back to your family dinner. How about that? Um, somebody who's definitely on the on the hot seat or Nashville. Three uh, 0 over Cincinnati. Nashville. I, I I have to take a look at the table right now, but I'm pretty sure they're top four in the East, which is pretty amazing for that team uh, in their second year. So good on them for kind of figuring it out. And um, I believe they're they're after a new striker. They just signed a new striker too, is right? Something like that, which was kind of like their one big missing piece. Yeah, Nashville's in fourth in the East. So there you go. Not bad. Um, Salt Lake beat Colorado. We'll talk about LA in a little bit here. They tie Vancouver. Um, let's uh, let's see. Then we got another round. I don't know what the big story. Maybe it's New York destroying Orlando five nil, and Sporting KC getting a big win over Seattle three to one. So that's two Sounders Sounders losses, by the way, in a row. But again, depleted, beat up squad. So not exactly the most surprising there. 
Um, let me ask you guys this about Avila. I, I think it's pretty clear what's happening here, but somebody was asking, he hasn't been included. He hasn't been showing up. He's not training. Da, da, da. Um, are we just assuming this is the loan thing and he's going to be heading back? I think it. I think it has to do with several things. First of all, when like the the negotiation started, like if you if we were listening to all the Twitter banter, specifically coming from Argentina, he's like, you know, have fun when he drive. You know, when he when he goes out and parties or does whatever he does, and people were pretty much saying that he will come and play and show up, but this is going to be like a six month vacation for him, right? And and all honesty, like the last couple of weeks it feels like it has been a vacation for him if you, I actually, if you look at his instagram yeah yeah like i actually was looking for him because i saw him taking pictures in like orlando and and like mall and like strip mall shops where walgreens grow like weeds out there yeah, yeah. and i went to a several places where they had walgreens and i literally looked for someone in a in a bulls jersey and a bucket hat to see if i might be able to see him but <laughs> but alice you know no no luck whatsoever but I think it has to do not only with that, but also has to do with the fact that he had a pretty unique contract, right? Like there was a clause in there, like if we, there's a clause in there and would like, if we wanted to keep him, it was going to be like, you know, millions of dollars or whatever or not. And I think it has to do with playing time and, and, and minutes. And I think it has, it's also a minute situation. And also when we got him, we didn't know if Unu was going to happen, right? We were still in the right. He was, he was the Uno. Basically. And so now that Onu has happened, you know, the need for for Wanchope, specifically someone who's not going to provide you fitness like an Agudelo will, right? Um, it, it becomes more more apparent that 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 they're not going to use him as much as they need to. And I think that's this I think I think eventually he's going to go back, but who knows? Especially if he's gonna punch guys in the ribs instead of uh, take shots. Oh. <laughs> me and eric will, will argue to the day to the day that that's not even a yellow in like a Copa Libertadores. Hey, I, I mean yeah he i don't think he understood the uh the mls stance on such things he's like we're um, we're in rio right no big deal in rio <laughs> this yeah is, this is what we do it's fine what are you talking about wasn't he partying with tevez in florida too yeah he was meeting yeah. up with tevez as like so it's so like well i mean like when i was in orlando it was like Tevez was there, Juan Chope was there, and Messi. Like, were people taking pictures of Messi? Yeah, Messi Walgreens. was hanging out in Walgreens. I saw the Walgreens. I retweeted the Walgreens. That was pretty incredible. Nice. And right, Walgreens we'll used break. it. Walgreens used it like an ad. They're like, "Hey, the goat shops here. We've got everything." At Walgreens. <laughs> Kudos. You, Whatever you, you got to do, take man. It when you got it. That's right. That's right. I, I mean, the Walgreens in Florida are there literally like. There's literally like a bodega it's, shop in New York. Yeah, Seriously, yeah. that's what they are. You'll walk in there. <laughs> I found the most obscure crap. I'll be like, why would you sell that? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like people are buying. I was like, okay, apparently I'm wrong. This is this is why you sell everything here, because people will buy it. Yep. Let's take a quick break. We'll do uh, a couple more Minnesotas and then just kind of slide right into the, the Gold Cup and Olympics and all that stuff. We've already had like half an hour worth of Olympics banner, but we'll actually make it to football. All right. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. 
Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. And welcome back to the Minnesota football show. Three of us here now. We've got Eric and Rodrigo on. Uh, so we've got a little bit more, a little bit more Olympics for you. <laughs> a little bit more Olympics? <laughs> well, it might as well oh, have been the Olympic timing. Yeah. Because like, this yeah, okay. is a late yeah. game. This LAFC game was a late game. Like it was a know. late game. Uh, why, why don't you, Rodrigo, you take it. Um, the, the one thing that stood out for me that I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet after this uh, no, who knew starting? Well, I mean, this is, you know, our second game in a week. And as much as you're trying to fitness, you know, have him work on his fitness, we also know that there's other options as well, too. And I think one of the things was this formation, you know, was was we had seen Reynoso and Boca play on the left wing. And this is the opportunity where he could play. And then you gave Finley over Nico Hansen, who's probably not as fit, and, and you give him an opportunity. And it's a road game. I mean, you wanted to go with a, you know, kind of like a 4-3-3 to be able to contain some of that. And and I think the important thing for me was, was um, LAFC is known for the energy and their fast-paced game mm-hmm. and pressing. And at the beginning, we were trying to emulate the same thing. And so for the first half hour it was just like you know who can get there the fastest who can be able to distribute and get rid of the pressure out of the fastest and it was interesting to watch because you were like oh yeah you know thing uh thing things seems to be going okay but we need to be able to create chances and we know that lafc is overloaded in 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 scoring talent and it takes them just you know five seconds to be able to be on the other side of the field and, and literally beaten but unfortunately you know like um was it at the 20th minute um, Gasper has uh, has like a hip flexor issue and he goes down. I was going to ask what happened. Okay. And I, I don't know if it was from a previous, like I know there was a couple of set pieces and he might've been, but it was just his hip. I, yeah. Was, I saw that like no there wasn't, things. yeah, there wasn't contact before it from, from what I heard afterwards. Um, it was weird because it was almost the exact same commentary as when Boxy went down where they're saying, like, this this isn't a guy who's just going to sit down on the ground um, and wait for a trainer unless it's bad. So, you know, to see him go down, he's hurting. Yeah, and the look he was giving the trainers was... The, right, yeah, he was not That same back. dejected look on his face right. as Boxy did when he's like, yeah, I'm yeah. done. Like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Walk me off and I'm done. Like, in previous situations, we'd have been like, ah, oh, crap, Dotson's got to play defense. Right. Right. But in the situation, we didn't because we've had someone who has been a, a decent left back or right back. And Remember uh, when we Taylor. didn't have options? I and know, right? down and you're basically playing with 10 guys? Because yeah. It wasn't like, that like long you, ago, guys. It wasn't that long ago. Or like, or like you duct tape someone, you duct tape someone, make shift. And <laughs> here, be like, here well, go stand there. Go stand there. <laughs> but so it was very, good. very in the near, in the near past. That's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I thought you know I've been impressed by DJ Taylor. He he does great one v one defending, and he was put in a situation that was a tough situation to be in, specifically playing against an uh, uh, an offensive powerhouse like LAFC can be, right? And I thought he did a great job. This 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 for subbing in for it. We didn't really have to talk too much about him, right? When and if he did get um get beat, 
it's it's not because uh of 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 what he was doing it's because what our midfield was doing towards the end right and i think i think it was it was one of those games where like you know um you look for a quick court turnaround and that's what happened at the 40th minute on a counter Vela gets the ball our midfield pushed the ball and they got dispossessed there's a lot of dispossession by our mid by our midfield like the 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 uh, the twisters of the world the blessings of the world they were just you know they were we were playing the same game and they were as soon as somebody had the ball there was at least two people always nearby to provide pressure and they were better at that than we were right i mean sad to say but we can't emulate that unless you have been practicing that and so uh hats up to bradley on that idea and they got the ball up the bossy was caught off running back and I would have been okay if the bossy would just pulled him down and either gotten a yellow or a red and then have him take the PK because save it. Because what happens is, is, is Miller comes out and we've seen this in previous times when he comes out, sometimes he's not confident. He hesitates and he hesitated going full out and he kind of stopped. And then the shot came off and it was literally right in his face. All he had to do, yeah. Felt like all you had to do was keep his hands up as he's coming out, and it it was unfortunate. It was a beautiful well, shot by Vela. Who picks so. off that pass, Rodrigo? Who sets that thing up? I think it was Blessing. Yeah, that that was a heads up play. No, 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 no. It was it was Sifu. Sifu picked up that play. Okay. That, that pass. It was Sifu. Sorry, Sifuentes picked up that play, and they started. And that's what they were doing, right? LAFC was was quicker to the ball than we were, and if you're going to play LAFC type type of type of soccer, you have to always be running. Right, right. Yeah, that was that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Um, but then 48th minute, have a little bit of magic. I mean, Reynoso gets a pass from uh from Lude that actually came, I think, from Dotson, and then Lude passed it off to Reynoso on the left hand side. And it was and this will be the thing will be the theme for this game. A Reynoso willed that goal as he was falling down. Like he willed that ball. Like he's like, I'm taking a shot. It's going in. I don't care. And he just yeah. did all he did. And it was beautiful stricken ball as he was falling down. And 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 at the 48th minute, we're tied 1-1. It's a different ball game, right? Now LFC has to spread themselves out to be able to create because LFC needs points. Like they cannot not have points. They've been tying. They have not been able to so, win. So, so do we, it turns out. <laughs> we're back Whoa. to back in the table. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, we're literally one point away. I think they have, what, 23 and we have 22, I think. That's Something what it, like right? that. So, so it's really close. So so the other thing, too, that I actually liked about it is that Ja'Cory Hayes did a, did a decent job. Uh, and we've asked him to work with Reynoso, and that's not always the easiest thing. I thought he did a decent job. And I think he always goes... Um, underappreciated undervalued in a sense but giving these kids some minutes he will he, he will he will turn your head around he will he, he will give you some surprises and i think he did a decent job towards the towards towards the, towards the second half more than the first half you've been very consistent on your on your praise for for hayes so i praise for hayes like that there you go <laughs> there's there's your hashtag praise for hayes um 76 minute blackman gets the header off the corner uh just he kind of we talked about uh, Chase Gasper getting the uh, the ups on everybody. I mean, he out upped everybody else on the uh, on the line there for that for that uh, ball. And, and it and, and it, it wasn't the first time that he was close to doing that too. So it was yeah. it was it was building up. And then like you know, in set pieces, you ha- you have to be able to. It was there was a lot of confusion in that in that middle who was going for what. And then Debassy, Coleman, Harvey, someone on 
the Basa didn't know if he was going to take someone on. It was just that that moment of confusion that they want you want to create, and then they were able to deliver on it. So, so at that point, you know, LAFC was a better team. I mean, their shots on goal were like, I don't know. We should look at the, what the shots on goal were for that game, but like. But overall, I, I they were more efficient on the shots on goal than we were. So. I'm sure two to one at this point, dying minutes of the match. I mean, again, we've we've seen this movie before. We've been here, just kind of assuming that things are going to run out. Uh, Romero had an amazing double save that I remember catching one of the highlights. I can't remember who put off who took both the shots, but I mean, really, really fast reactions to like. I think he stopped one with his legs and one with his hands, all within like a split second. It was pretty ridiculous. Um, going to stoppage time. Looks like things are over. They're not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> what happens, Rodrigo? Well, I mean, at the let's see, what was it? Um, I'm trying to look at the time. Um, I clicked it. it was like 95, like five minutes over. Well, no, what I, what I want to do when it was one one and we had when we we had tied it up. There's uh. There's a level of substitution that happens, right? Oh, I, think, I didn't get that in there. Sorry. And I think that's that's what um, that's what gets me the most is the substitution, uh, because when it was one-one, um, I think uh, Hayes comes out, and I think um, who else comes out? Like a bunch of people come out, and the thing for me was like, it 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 was a um, it was it was a signal of like we're going for the tie. Right, because you, because uh, because you look at it, it it's it's let's see who let's see we're looking at this yeah, Blackman scores in the seventy seventh, Agudelo came out on the seventy fourth, come it came on for for Lude at the seventy fourth, Alonso came in for Reynoso at the seventy fourth. Previous to that, Hayes had been taken out at the sixty eighth minute. Like you bring in Gregush, who is when he's on, he's one of the top midfielders in this in this league. But you can't bring him on and take away his his offensive creativity, like his options. And by taking Lude and taking Reynoso out, it was a signal saying we're going for the tie. We're we're okay. We're okay milking the tie. And as much as we love Ozzy, and as much as I love Ozzy, it's like his numbers this year in the in the aspect of coming in and saving a lead. Or saving or, or or being successful have not been great. I mean, have not. And this is one of those opportunities where we're like, I would have preferred offensive options to be kind of like counter counter substitution, like go like for like substitution because you want to stretch the field. You want to be able to work. If you're going for the tie, you don't want to bunker. You don't want to. You don't want to give the most offensive team that you can probably get all the chances in your in your defensive third to score. They will score. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Um, and so, like, I was mad that Grego just put it in a situation where I didn't think he was able to succeed. And it makes me mad because as much as people call me a, a Gregosh basher, and um, I'm like, I, I don't like it when a player gets put in a situation when they can't succeed, or like it's 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 a very hard situation for them to be at. Well, and, I like I like this segue. Oh, go ahead. Finish no, up. and that's where like you know the aspect of like how instrumental is Dotson, right? Yeah. Dotson, Let's... Dotson this season at the beginning, people were talking was like, who is better, Gregus or Dotson? Gregus or Dotson? And then this and and then this in this podcast and other podcasts we we've been I've been saying is like. I prefer Dotson because he moves the ball forward. Gregor is great at passing. Gregor is good at, at, at doing all the stuff, connecting. 
but you want someone to be able to move the ball. Like that's what Ray's job it, is. It's the passing. It's and hilarious the that that you you get trolled for bashing him, and I get trolled for saying that it was a good assist later. So. <laughs> Yeah, I get bashed all the time. I mean, like me same, and Mark Fegmeyer, program. Me and me and Mark Fegmeyer have like this this thing about who's better and not that, not that. I get it. Like I'm not saying Gregush is trash. I think Gregush is a, is a, is a really good player. I just think that right now, in in this system that we are currently running, he Things does not. It, it, it's changed for him, right? Like he would take the corners. Who takes the corners now? Fragapane or Reynoso? Right. Who is the one uh, instructed into really creating and being a creative force? That's Ray. Right. Who runs back and forth is the box to box midfield. Right. That wasn't really Gregush's forte, but it is Dotson's. So let's talk about this last thing that happens in the stoppage time, because we actually do get a lovely little combination between the two names you just mentioned there, which is probably as as unexpected from everybody (laughs) that we could have imagined. But it's Gregush with an absolutely gorgeous pass to Dotson that puts it away. Two touch volley, kabam, bangers only. Pretty cool. Yeah, Bridget, take it away. You saw this part. Go ahead. Yeah, so it was a. Um, I didn't see who got it to Gregush, um, but everyone was kind of rushing towards towards the box and just looking for a shot. Gregush uh, is on the run uh under pressure kind of turns and does like a crossbody shot um towards the box uh and Dotson's right there on the end of it uh is able to settle it and just whip it in on the half volley um bangers only classic classic Dotson what like 20 yards yeah um yeah top of the box it was great it was a great shot what I love about yeah. this is this is this is two matches in a row now where we've had late goals to kind of at, at least get the tie here and then on the other one seal the deal and win the match, which yeah. is which is something we don't usually see, which right. I really like. Yeah, it's the previous years see. we've never gotten the luck. This year, right. this year the luck has been more on our side. And and it was C Fuentes that was trying to dispossess Gregush, and Gregush knew time was running out, and he goes out wide. And, you know, he wills this cross in, like totally wills it. Like he's like, I'm just, you know, Hail Mary. Here we go. I'm just going to send it. And I feel bad for Edwards because Edwards had the opportunity to he's stop the ball. standing there. <laughs> he's, and he just kind of just jogs to it, right? And Edwards has had a decent game so far. Like, you know, I thought, why did Bradley start Edwards? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's a midweek game. He's going to get And then UFC time. legend, Raheem right. Edwards. <laughs> and then and then and then I'm like, well, maybe he does it because you know he wants to put and see if this kid is gonna play his heart out because he's playing against a team that you know let him go, right? That's, yeah, he hasn't had many starts, so it was that was definitely interesting to see. And, and up until the, that point, he had a decent game, and it wasn't if he, if he would have pressed that. I mean, I'm I'm thinking he was close enough that if he would have pressed or slid or whatever, he would have been able to get that as a deflection and gone out of bounds. And then we're not talking about the situation. The other thing about this this cross is, is the ball was going to uh, the ball was going to to Coleman. Coleman actually tries to yeah. head the ball, and he whiffs. Oh, he whiffs. That's right. He whiffs, and because he did that, he drew the center back or uh, um, the center back with him. So he takes a person out, 
And then the ball literally just bounces perfectly in between him and Dotson. Enough for Dotson to have a half volley. Yep. Perfect blast. And there's nothing that Romero could have done for that one. So <laughs> two two is your final. You got a point. Seven points out of a really rough stretch. I mean, you're talking Seattle, Portland, LAFC. Take it. I'm happy with that. You know, I yeah, I like we we talked about it on the show here too. As I was like, this was the stretch that you were looking to, like in Miguel of June and July. We're like, we're like, what are we what what is the toughest game schedule you're gonna have? And this was it, right? Portland twice. LAFC, Seattle, you know, this is, this is like either we, we show up or we implode either one of those two. This is the, this is the time where like we, the Heath outs were going to roll out and be super loud or the, or all the MN and UFC coin toss. Nothing yeah. in between. <laughs> Flip that coin. Yep. Um, well, let's talk briefly about tonight. Cause they play again. It's a, it's a packed week, three matches here in this week for them. Um, they didn't even come back to Minnesota, just straight from L.A. to Utah, where they're playing Vancouver in Utah, because that's the way things are now. Um, it apparently looks like Boxy is maybe back. Any news on that, Bridget? Uh, he's He traveled, um, and I know he was working out on the side uh, yesterday. Yeah. So it, it sounds like it might be too soon, but but he is working back. Maybe a super sub or something just for today. We'll see. Maybe. Um. What What do we What do we expect, guys? I mean, this is Vancouver, right? We. I I don't. It should be a win, I guess. Is what I'm trying to say. But we also do not want to take the the foot off the off the accelerator. Colorado was supposed to be a win too, but we did. (laughs) Yeah. We. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that one. It's it's always trouble when they go to Colorado, but here. Should be a W, right? I mean, even if we take a loss, it's not. We're a position where, like, I think our standings, uh, we currently are in sixth, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't think a loss would take us too much down, right? I mean, um, Salt Lake, you know, would need to win. And even if they do win, you know, we could be in seventh seventh or eighth place, which is where Portland is. But, but I, I, a tie will be good. I mean, I think points. I just keep thinking points. Like if you take, yeah. if you take, if you tie right. it, I, you just want points. At this point, you just want points. Like away is always either, if you can win, great. If you tie, you take points home, and that's what you want to be able to do. Yeah, right? and that and I think, from from like fourth place to eighth is all within like five or six points. So anything you can get at this point is um, is a big boost. Cool. Well, that's this evening, so we'll get some updates on that next time. Let's burn through tournaments because we are fastly approaching uh, Dave's, I know, time territory. So let's burn through some stuff here. <laughs> um, Gold Cup. Uh, we, we On the quarters, you had Qatar. Qatar, classic CONCACAF champions. Are, they're always around. Qatar is Qatar. Um, and they're also very good. These are these are the Asian Confederation champions, by the way. Um, so three two over El Salvador. I heard that was a fun one, but back and forth. Uh, Mexico, kind of on a tear, three nil over Honduras. And we got to talk about Costa Rica and Canada. Canada wins that quarterfinal two nil thanks to our friend. We love him, our Frankie. Absolute. <laughs> 
ridiculous assist. That's what it was. It was a, it was a Francisco Calvo assist to set up the, uh, I believe it was the second goal, right? Bridget. Yeah. Yeah. It was the second goal. All right. Rodrigo. Oh my Lord. I mean, he's going mean, to fail up. He's going to be, he's going to be Kolkakov president. You guys, this is right. going to happen. <laughs> he's going to keep failing up. He's going to, he's going to go play with club America next. That's what he's going to do. It'd be amazing. Wow. Um, and then we had U.S. and Jamaica. U- U.S. Uh, yeah, wasn't the prettiest, greatest performance, but they squeak it out 1-0. Any, any other comments on that one? I, I think this team is, uh, is – this team, and, you know, like people say, this is not the top team. This is the – this is uh, DC, this, the, 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 the DEF squad. And I'm like, but these kids can play. And, like, and every time – they've been asked to perform in a sense they've done so they've done their job and they've just been consistent in a sense right i mean um the the coach changes things up but puts the people who he thinks will be best in those situations and and they succeed i mean i think it's good no i i I think it's it's fun it's fun to watch in a sense just to see what they'll do but understand that they understand where they're at and i think if this is your (laughs) e-team then you know (laughs) it's pretty good I mean, like, um, yeah. I mean, like, either Concacaf Gold Cup sucks, or like, or like, the competition is good enough. You you have enough pool of players that you can. Oh, baby, you're you're speaking my uh, abolished Concacaf language now. <laughs> <laughs> and how does how does your DEF team become your ABC team? Right. By, by playing these guys. Giving exactly. them opportunities. That's right. Yeah, agreed. That's all I was gonna say. That it's it's fun to see Berhalter just like give everybody a chance and. You know, it's not the prettiest, but they're still cranking out these results. So let's go to our semifinal, which, again, the, the classic battle, Qatar and USA in CONCACAF. <laughs> um, they are a tough team, and in some respects, Qatar probably should have won this match from some of the highlights that I saw because first half in particular, they, they turned it on, and, and U.S. was very much in kind of bunker defend, getting punched in the face constantly and just trying to dodge, dodge, dodge. Um, Turner was very busy from what I saw, and he had some oh. amazing saves. He's that, the MVP be a, of this team. Yep, I was gonna say that'll be a, a theme to come back. Um, yeah. So, 60th minute, we gotta talk about the Qatar PK that's called. I, I can't remember which <laughs> player does does it, but there was the it's killing uh, Acosta, right? He's the one that uh, that caused the foul, right? Oh no no no! I thought you were talking about how the person that walks in like and like ices the 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 PK taker. Oh yes, thank you. That that did happen as well. That did happen as well. Some dark arts, love it. I love it. I love it. They they actually have been studying their way to take their PKs and they're like, and the whole like mix up and trying to figure out if it's a if it's a if it's a um if the VAR looking at the PK opportunity. Like they were, they were motioning how they take the other person takes their PK, and so like I totally got into their head. So that was perfect. that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, MJ called it the panunka instead of the panenka, which I thought was clever. Well done, because he tries the panenka and it just <laughs> skies over. I know. Uh, and at I that saw point, none of this game, but I did see that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was pretty rough. Yeah, like Roberto um, Baggio was like, yeah, that, that 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 that's worse than what I did. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. And, and at that point, it, it, after that, missing the PK, it, it, it kind of seemed like momentum finally shifted towards like the 65th, 70th minute. Um, and I guess you can fast forward to 87th where the U.S. gets the 
chance they need. Um, kind of just chaos in the box. Zardes gets uh, kind of just slides in. I, I don't even know how many people touched that ball. It seemed like there was like two or three like kind of shots, but not really. And then finally, just, Zardes just like dives in feet first and connects. And <laughs> well, I mean, that's, it goes. that's what Zardes does. Like he's like he's there. At, he, he makes. He he wills himself into in, into making goals and like that's right and, and 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 he's found a really good spot on this team not only because DK's hurt right uh, and uh, all that stuff but when he's put in situations where he needs to deliver like like, like I said this team has done so they've they've been consistent so like you can you can yell at Burhalter about his formation you can yell at Burhalter or playing out the bag you can yell at Burhalter. <laughs> uh oh. Rodrigo froze yelling at Berhalter. Uh oh, am I back? You're back. You're back. You're back. Yeah. You're you're yelling so much, you're freezing. Uh, you yeah. said Berhalter, and then it just stopped. Oh yeah, no, it's just you know, Berhalter has been like the main point of conversation about everything, what he does and what he whether it, what formation or what personnel he puts out there, but Berhalter, one day. Poor guy. All, all, all this I, I guess we're talk. not talking Burhalter. Nope, nope. <laughs> Moving on. No more Burhalter. So Burhalter. Pleasure <laughs> <laughs> uh, so final uh. is, is one nil for the U.S. in that semi. <laughs> on the other side, Mexico, Canada. Um, PK for Mexico early. They go one nil half. Um, Buchanan is just awesome and fun to watch. He gets a sweet yeah. goal in the 57th to tie it up. Um, awesome. He really is. 66, another PK. So, I mean, for PKs, essentially, they uh, – oh, no, this is the PK that was saved, 66 minutes. That's how said the PK, yeah. Who's the Canadian keeper that, that's starting right now? I can't think of his name. It's like Cripple or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Maxine. That's, yeah. yeah. He, he had a sick match as well. Really good. Um, and then it's a stoppage time finisher by uh, Herrera that, that puts this thing. I was, oh, I was, that, that hurts so I bad. I was snoozing. I was probably like two hours into very deep sleep at this point <laughs> when this was happening. Um, but, but there's your final two to one. And it, it's, it's kind of too bad because Canada did put in a stellar performance. And um, when it comes to World Cup qualifying, just looking at these guys like Buchanan and Mark Anthony Kay and man. I kind of be surprised at this point if they don't qualify for the World Cup because they have a really well. I mean, they're missing they're missing their biggest star, right? That's true. Yep. You you imagine when all those three are clicking? I mean, literally, it's like Tejan is like our mini version of of, um, Davies. Yeah, he's just fast. You give him the ball and he's able to take somebody one on one, and then he's great. So like, yeah, it's awesome that he's doing that, and it was a fun game to watch. We watched that here. I yelled when Buchanan scored, and then I got the deepest, meanest, helpful, I'm going to kill you in your oh. stairs for my family. <laughs> um, I would imagine. Nubia, you know, Nubia is, 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 is of Mexican descent, and then my kids are half Mexican, half Peruvian, but whenever Mexico's playing, that's what it is. Like, literally, they were like, shut up. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, that was such a great goal. And, you know, I'm, I'm a team Buchanan. I like the team Tajan. I'm like, I like, I love that kid. So goes, you know, just poking the bears. Yep. <laughs> Sleeping on the couch yeah. every day of the week. There, there you go. <laughs> so we get the final that we want tomorrow. Uh, U.S. Mexico. Uh, let me just ask you all what what are your expectations here? Um, what what do you what do you foresee? 
my computer is five minutes until it dies. So give me a moment here. Okay. Rodrigo, what do you see? Um, I think it's um it's gonna come down to I mean, Mexico has has played good enough, but um we'll see who they show up. I think I think if anyone has the momentum, it's 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 the United States. Um You know, they were supposed to, well, their goal was supposed to make it to a, a, a gold cup final. That's what they wanted to do. It'd be uh, pretty damning on Tata Martino if they lose to the U.S. again, right? I mean, that that's probably his job right there. Yeah. I mean, his job was actually against Canada. He just got bailed out at the last minute. Good point. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, it's more crucial for Mexico than it is for the United States to win this. That's the way I would see it. And so, like, the most pressure is on the Mexican side than, and then on the – because they haven't had a great showing of dominance in the Gold Cup like they used to. And I think El Salvador was, was played really well throughout the tournament. Um, and um, I'm looking more, more to them, you know, in the qualifiers. And that's what it comes down next to is qualifying. So, World Cup. Yep. Bridget, can the U.S. pull it off? Uh, I think so. They've, they've gotten – enough momentum i think to to carry him through um little confidence boost from those last last couple of results how many red cards how much shithousery are we talking about in this match it's gonna be off the chain <laughs> it's got to be off the chain right oh i mean if you if if the uh nation's cup final was anything some, some walkie talkies involved <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i just i just want to know because in the canada game right the the p chant came out again yeah damn it so then like what other more extra sanction that does does the is the Mexican national team going to receive now? Good question. I don't know. And I would expect. I'm a, and it's sad that I expect it, but I I'm pretty confident that that's going to happen again in this final. Oh, it it will definitely happen again. Yeah. So Maybe what happens? Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's two events in the Nations Cup and possibly two events in the Gold Cup. When like people are watching the most, I don't. Something has to give. Like either you yeah. take the points away and make sure that the Mexican national team does not shift their blame to the women's side team. Oh, oh I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, like it has something has to happen because you. Yep. Right now, nothing is being done. Right. I'm. I mean. Let's let's say for maybe Mexico wins. I, I think the the big thing would be just to strip them of the title and be like, actually, we're going to give it to the U.S. because because of everything you've been doing for the past however long it's been, decade, de- more than more than a decade. More than that. I mean, yeah. that that'd be like the big baller punishment to be like, ha ha, you think you won? Nope. Until things change, this trophy's going now elsewhere. And, and, and I mean, if it doesn't change at that point, then I really don't know what you do. But let's, um, let's jump into some Olympics, and we'll, we'll go through these a little quickly here. Uh, let's look at the women's side. Um, so Canada, and this is finishing out groups going into knockouts here. So Canada beats Chile, um, in Great Britain, they're calling it now, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> they beat Japan. Uh, goal fest with China and Zambia 4-4. Goal Fest, Netherlands, Brazil. I got highlights from this. This thing was out of control. It was like no defense. Uh, three, three there as well. Lots of goals. Um, Sweden still on their tear. Four to two over Australia. U.S. got some revenge. Six to one over New Zealand. 
which uh, set things up pretty nicely for the next, the, the final game before knockouts, Canada and, and, and uh, Britain tied, which is fine. They're both through uh, Japan beat Chile, uh, Brazil beat Zambia. That gets them through Netherlands destroyed China eight to two. Holy cow. I didn't, I didn't catch that one, but yikes. It's almost like a American football score there. Well, Netherlands cremated um, Zambia like 10 to one or 10 to three. <laughs> oh, that's right. In the first match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. I remember uh, seeing that score pop up on my phone and <laughs> this, this has got to be a typo. And I go to Google to fact check its score updates. It's kind of reminiscent of the, uh, the U.S. Thailand match. Just like, oh, no. Just yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sweden. Stay undefeated, uh, 2-0 over, over New Zealand. And U.S. and Australia, uh, a, a battle, but for the U.S., frustrating. There was that gif going around of, um, who was it? Help me out. Just I, I just remember seeing her, like, looking down, just super frustrated. I, I, we, we tweeted out. But anyway, good teams, two good teams. This is what happens. And, you know, they still get a point. They're still through. Um, they, they come in second behind Sweden. Um, but... Australia is not easy. Never have been. No, I, so I think also the U.S. the U.S. doesn't have the the record that they have in the World Cup as they do in the Olympics, and I think um, these teams are tough, right? And I think I think uh, I think their first game was was just you know what we all been kind of been seeing in the in the in the pre Olympic scrimmages, right? Sweden was very well prepared. And it's very well won and, and and understood where the holes were in the in the in the uh, structure of the U.S. women's team, and they attacked them. And I think that's the way to go. I mean, we'll talk later on about you know the the semis and all the other stuff, but that's yeah. Um, quarterfinals, so the knockouts here: uh, Canada and Brazil played, and that went all the way to to PKs, and Canada pulls it off. Ciao, Brazil. But it was pretty yeah. cool to see. Was that Marta's last Olympic? That is a very good question. There's a lot of debate about that right now in the Brazilian press. So I have no idea. Because they allow no like idea. one person who's like super old, right? I think so. Yep. That's in the roster. I mean, it, it is a possibility, I guess, is what yeah. I would say. A super old Marta is 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 is, is better than <laughs> nothing. I I would love to see her transition into coaching, and I think she'd be like. Yeah. phenomenal when like whenever pia is done or even having pia trying to take her under her wing and show her the ropes and then pia moves out and just like but gives the car gives the keys to martha i mean well come i mean on. pia pia and and the uh, federation need to build the program better and right. then you can hand it off but until that happens i i i think i think uh martha as a six works too because she's physical as well too and that's what that she's been true. playing sort of with Orlando is a, a six with that, that can pass. And so, yep. Australia, uh, actually that I, this one went into extra time, right? Yeah. Three, three and Australia beats great Britain. So I'm, I'm sure there wasn't any geopolitical historical tension in that match. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Fort, not you at imagine all. If, if great Fort Britain would have played Argentina, that would have been like, <laughs> yep. 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 So Australia coming in and in the third seed are actually through, which is good, good for them. Um, Sweden keep rolling three to one over Japan and the very, very stressful tense uh, U S Netherlands match, a a rematch of sorts from the world cup final Two two. I'll I'll throw it to you two because I'm guessing you you guys either caught bits of, if not the entire match here 
two two in to uh, stoppage time. They do extra time. Goes to PKs, and basically you have the Nair show. Uh, amazing stops. Uh, U.S. pulls it off four two. I I caught just a little bit of this one live just because it kind of landed in the right spot. And then I had a student, one of my guitar students in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, who's also a, a youth player. And and she she gave me the full rundown. I was like, you know, I should just be <laughs> recording this and like insert this into our podcast because your analysis is better than what I can give. <laughs> she she loved it though. She 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 was very happy. But I'll I mean, throw it to you. I mean, that was the uh, Alyssa show. Mm-hmm. The fact that she stopped to PK like in the 85th minute after a very bad foul by uh, O'Hara. Like, like you, what are you thinking when you're going, <laughs> you're doing something like that in the box? And, and um, yeah, I mean, I was in bed sleeping and then like I had a bunch of kids and my wife, like with the TV on and like waking me up and I'm like, what's going on? And I was like, oh yeah, it's the game. So I get up and we all watched it. Um, but like, it was, it was, it was great. Like, I think I've never seen so many offside calls. <laughs> okay. uh, We're hearing things, about like, this. Yeah. There's so many offside calls that were that were that were like, yeah, that could have been, yeah, that. So, um, you know, the the U.S. played as 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 not as well as they could have been, but um, they did what they were supposed to do. Like for me, like Megan Rapino um, had opportunities to create more, but you could also see there were very tired legs out there, and I didn't understand why there wasn't better substitution. Um, to be to to be honest, I mean Carly Lloyd came out early, and she just didn't have it in, in in it for this one, and that's just one of those things that that happens. But um, you know, uh, PKs, you know, Elisa blocked two. That's all you needed to do. Kristen pressed. I mean, I think all the women scored all their goals, uh, and then Megan set, setting up Megan Rapino to upper ninety and then pose, and Boom. they're off. <laughs> Boom. And that got, as usual, that got most of the attention. And uh, but yeah, it, it was definitely the Nair show. Absolutely. Uh, and she just played it so cool afterwards. Like, yep, stopped him. Let's go. Badass. What a badass. Right, which is another uh, reminder that people should be watching the NWSL. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so Monday, U.S. Canada. That'll be a fun one. And Sweden, uh, Australia. Those are your semifinals for the Olympics. And we'll update there. Woo, boy, those those could both be some fiery matches. Um, I'm just going to jump to where we are currently in the men's side rather than going all through all the uh, the previous ones. So in quarterfinals right now, starting tomorrow, you've got Spain and Cote d'Ivoire, Japan and New Zealand, uh, Brazil, Egypt, Korea, and Mexico. Mexico looked pretty good in this whole thing, but also so wouldn't be surprising if if they go to the final and they've they've won the gold before um but i don't know i'll, I'll throw it to you all any um will there be some surprises or are we kind of just expecting if things kind of play out the way the brackets kind of lined up mexico and brazil are going to play so in theory you're thinking whoever wins that match probably win gold however you know how cool would it be to see Cote d'Ivoire maybe be the dark horse or new zealand or japan i don't know i'll throw it to you all New Zealand has been one to watch this whole last couple of years. Um, Yeah, I haven't seen, I I can't say that I've seen a lot this year, um, and especially of these Olympic games. Um, But Kosovo is 
fantastic. I think that would be that would be really cool to see them get further. Yeah, they're um, they're gonna have a very good setup for their World Cup qualifying and going into the World definitely. Cup. They're they're a team to watch for sure. Yeah. Rodrigo, who's gonna win gold? Uh, the better team. Uh, the better team. <laughs> Spoken I, like my I, daughter. My my daughter likes to say, "Go whoever wins." Well said. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, so who, who like when are when are the finals like uh, this weekend? Right. Um, like we're, we're in quarter still, right? For the men's. Quarters, I, I, quarters, I only so watch women. Sorry, I don't watch yeah. the men's side. So you have to apologize. That's probably what you should be doing. <laughs> I mean, no, like, I, think, I, I believe I believe a week from today will be will be. At I finals. mean, I I watched uh, Argentina versus. Versus like I don't know who they were playing Spain I think it was and I was like no Germany and I was like I was like yeah this is the Argentina I'm used to watching I'm gonna stop and so like, yeah I understand well let's let's end on this because I love this photo so much um, the uh, Porto and Roma played a friendly and Pepe who just is, it, it's kind of amazing that in the Euros he did not get a red card because it's kind of his mo of, of just doing something terrible and getting a red card. Um, but he caused a mass brawl, and 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 this photo I've, I've tweeted it out. I, I I can't describe it, but everybody's probably seen it at this point. Our our friend of the pod, Luke Craig, says, "quote This is a Renaissance oil painting." And I mean, you just look at the thing; it's beautiful. <laughs> it honestly does look like something they should be like in the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Pepe's Someone on the ground. Have. Everybody's pointing. They're yeah. they're pushing. They're shoving. It's it's so awesome. like some it. some computers like have like. Um, like in the paint mode, you can turn things into like mosaics. Someone needs to mm-hmm. turn this into like a mosaic image. Yes, yes. Make it all hilarious. broken off. Yeah. Make it look. Make it look ancient. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. All right, comrades. That's all I got. So yeah. unless you have, I, I got else, one thing. Um, please. I, um, so apparently Wayne Rooney got busted for having a party after a game with. Um, with guests uh and the only reason that he got busted guests yeah guests in quotes <laughs> the only reason he got busted is because wayne rooney uh the guest took picture of a sleeping wayne rooney in the middle of a party <laughs> nice. so he's wow. passed out at his own party and people are taking pictures of selfies and all the other stuff and yeah that's that's that goes on to say that wayne rooney is too old for that shit yeah 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 and that's all i got (laughs) all right well thank you rodrigo thank you bridget thank you listeners patrons we've we've still got the old uh patreon.com backslash mn football show uh trying to get some more stuff up there i put a couple things regarding tournaments maybe once we um, finish up these we'll add some more um but yeah we'll do it again next time um hopefully a little less smoky air getting kind of tired of it to be honest I, I was joking with my neighbor that when we were um, on our vacation last week, we we happened to just land in this tiny little sliver on the South shore that was good air quality and everything <laughs> in, in, in every other direction, East and West was poor to terrible and we were okay. And then we came back to the worst of it all. So it's <laughs> karma, karma got us eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't escape. You can't escape it. Nope. Nope. All right. Thank you all. Talk to you later.